Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. Just after 1 o'clock, 106 is the time in the KSL newsroom. Earlier this morning, I found myself in the middle of a conversation that I really hadn't thought about uh, before I started chatting with uh, Debbie Dejanovic. Early, early this morning, we were back and forth about a fundamental question about the work of the United States Senate uh, upcoming on the horizon. What am I talking about? Well, we have we've now had two opportunities in 20 or over the past year, I should say, to become experts, armchair experts in impeachment proceedings. We have had two uh, opportunities to be front row viewers of the process as it has played out. In the first impeachment trial of President Trump, we learned that the procedure goes this way. If you don't remember from Schoolhouse Rock or high school social studies class, the process is, is pretty simple. It starts in the House. The House is, uh, is empowered to introduce, debate, and vote on articles of impeachment. And after debate and vote on those articles, or article singular, as has been the case this past week, they then uh, send them over to the Senate. The Senate then has the responsibility to try uh, the article. Well, the... (laughs) I'm sure you've been following along. You know that the timeline (laughs) right now, as we are in the second impeachment of President Donald Trump, the timeline is such that if there's going to be a Senate trial, it has to happen like right now or it will be happening after President Trump has left from office and President-elect Joe Biden has been inaugurated. In fact, the... The United States Senate doesn't plan at all on getting back together until the 19th, the day before the inauguration. Now, there are certain like emergency powers that could be called upon by Mitch McConnell to you know, bring the Senate back together. And I suppose they could, in a real hurried up fashion, try to arrange something before the end of this administration. Uh, but as has been announced by Mitch McConnell himself, the, that's not going to happen that this effort, uh, that the trial in the Senate will take place after the new administration begins. Hey, have you thought much about it? What do you think? I, in, the, in the next segment, I'm going to open up the phone lines and the text message lines. I'll give those numbers now so you'll be ready. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Uh, do you think the Senate should hold a trial? Do you think they even can? In a moment, we're going to discuss 
uh, sort of a disagreement between a few legal scholars who don't think, well, I'm sorry, one thinks that absolutely the Senate uh, can and should go forward. The other says, eh, maybe the Constitution doesn't actually empower the Senate to uh, to carry out this type of proceeding when the impeached office holder is no longer in office. I'll share some of those arguments here in just a moment, but I, I'd like to know what you think. Should they go forward? The phone number to call is 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Here are the two arguments. Number one, <clears throat> number one is very simple. And you can read about this as uh, it is described and detailed by a, a former U.S. Court of Appeals judge for the Fourth Circuit, uh, a gentleman named J. Michael Luddig, served uh, as a judge on the Fourth Circuit from 1991 to 2006. And he very simply makes the argument that with the president out of office, that the Senate loses its authority over that individual and thusly is unable and not empowered to carry out the trial. Now, before I share the other side of the argument, I, I will say that this question is not necessarily an objective one right now. Here's what I mean. The Supreme Court of the United States has never weighed in on this question. The Supreme Court, that is. There have been some quasi-precedents set by, there was a senator years and years ago, uh, the Secretary of War back in the uh, late 1800s also came kind of close to being in this circumstance. But there are no direct corollary or correlating precedents set. So regardless of what these two legal scholars feel, regardless of the assertion uh, by this former former circuit court judge, uh, Judge Luddig, regardless of his assertion, until the Supreme Court, and unless the Supreme Court weighs in, it's really an unanswered question. Okay, so the very basic argument that the Constitution does not allow for the Senate, uh, does not explicitly allow for the Senate to you know, try someone who is no longer in office. That's argument one. That's the argument for why the Senate cannot hold an impeachment trial. On the other side of the coin, though, there is another individual. His name's Lawrence Tribe. He's a university professor uh, emeritus at Harvard Law School and has recently written a book uh, titled The End to End a Presidency, The Power of Impeachment. <clears throat> professor Tribe asserts that, uh, yeah, of course the Senate can move forward and has the power to try a former office holder. Why? Well, because the, uh, the power available to, or rather the decisions needed to be made, needing to be made by the United States Senate in a Senate trial, an impeachment trial, are twofold. I'll admit that it wasn't until the impeachment trial, which took place earlier uh, in 2020, the first time the president was impeached, I, I was unaware of the second responsibility. We all know, we all know that the Senate in this situation, they're responsible for uh, convicting or acquitting. In the case of a conviction, the office holder in question is removed from office. Okay? Now, obviously, that's not going to happen 
in this case, President Trump will already be uh, gone from office and Joe Biden will have been sworn in. But that's only one of the two responsibilities the Senate bears in terms of punitive decision making. The second, should they vote to convict? And in this case, it would require uh, all Democrats plus uh, about 17 Republicans, a supermajority, 67. That number, at least 67 senators, would need to vote to convict on the charges within this article of impeachment. That's decision number one. Decision number two requires no more than a simple majority, but is the question of whether or not the office holder in question may be barred permanently from office in the future. Now, because the Constitution presents those things as two separate questions needing to be answered, the argument by uh, Professor Tribe, again, Professor uh, Emeritus at Harvard Law School and the recent author of To End the Presidency, The Power of Impeachment, Professor Tribe says that because those two questions are separate, that because the second question still needs to be answered and is not dependent on the quote-unquote office holder being in office, well, then, of course, the Senate has the authority. What do you think? What do you think about this? Are you anxious to see this trial take place? Do you think that it should happen immediately upon the inauguration of uh, President-elect Biden? He's put forth a uh, quasi-proposal where the Senate, uh, should they commence their work immediately, would do so in sort of a dual-track way, where so that the work of the Congress can move forward, the Senate would, let's say, dedicate their morning hours to that type of business, morning hours to the business like, uh, I don't know, a third relief package. I've heard President Biden, President-elect Biden, has made it known he would like there to be another round of direct payments to Americans, this time in the amount of $1,400. $1, Where does that number come from? Well, if you take 1400 you add it to the 600 which is being distributed right now. There's 2000 the original call. So that'd be the work done in the morning hours, and then in the afternoon, evening hours, the trial, the impeachment trial, uh, would be carried out. Should it work that way? Should we just move on? Should we put the events of this past week, including the impeachment, behind us and look only forward at what tomorrow may be? 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd also like to get you on the phone. The number is 801 575 8255. 801 KSL Talk. Quick break now. Back with your calls after the break on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Before we move on to the question of to try or not to try, that is the Senate question. Uh, let me just share a quick thought I have on that story you heard from Nick Wyatt. The update in the story revolving around uh, Senator Mitt Romney as he was traveling to Washington, D.C. early last week. Some videos emerged of him being approached as he waited at the gate to board uh, his aircraft. The video shows a woman approaching him. Well, I guess in fairness, you don't see the woman, but there is a, a woman's voice. Uh, who you presume is the operator of the camera, uh, approaching 
Senator Romney and speaking to him in very aggressive tones, uh, shouting him down, telling him that, uh, you know, his job is to uh, represent all conservatives. And Senator Romney responds and uh, the exchange escalates and the the senator, as he makes his way uh, to the gate, the camera operator, plus some other folks you see in the background uh, make their way, you know, in his direction. And it's a it's a it's a hostile scene that you see. It's an aggressive scene. And then. You know, as as the news reports and social media was scoured the next day, we saw that, oh my gosh, uh, on the very plane that he boarded, there were others who started shouting and chanting traitor, traitor, traitor uh, to the senator as he was seated on that very same aircraft. Now, forget politics. I agree with the decision made by Delta. Those individuals ought not be flying. Those individuals have demonstrated a tendency or or a willingness to disrupt safety. Again, forget politics. We can debate whether or not you're a friend of Romney's or not. But if you're going to, in concert with others, uh, shout uh, repeatedly on an aircraft, interrupting uh, what could be very vital communication, say, between uh, the flight attendant staff and the pilot or making it impossible for the rest of the passengers to hear crucial instructions delivered by the pilot, well, uh, you shouldn't be on an aircraft. And with regard to the woman who approached the senator uh, in, the, in the terminal, that's, a, that's a, a protected and secure place. You've all made it through security. You should be able to, uh, you should be able to make your way to an aircraft once through security without the fear of being accosted, as was the case with Senator Romney. I'm sorry about that tangent. There are a number of folks waiting online to uh, have a discussion about whether or not the Senate, which is now responsible for holding a trial, a trial, an impeachment trial, after the House just yesterday, uh, for the second time in his presidency, voted to uh, impeach the president. Uh, Should the Senate take this up or shouldn't they? There's some legal questions as to whether or not they uh, can or can't. Uh, But let me ask you, should they or shouldn't they? Let's go first to Tamara calling from uh, Salt Lake City. Tamara, welcome to the program. Did I get the pronunciation right there of your name? Tamara, Tamara, what is it? Tamara. Tamara. Oh, my apologies. Tamara, it's it's okay. No big deal. Oh, we got it straight Uh, now. Tell me what you think. Well, before I uh, mention that, I just wanted to know if you had read last night that that Marjorie Taylor Greene was drawing up impeachment articles on Joe Biden. I saw that. She's going to introduce them on the 21st. She, uh, a, a new member of Congress, Republican, saying that uh, that she, due to uh, some China business dealings uh, on the part of uh, President-elect <laughs> Biden, that she'll be introducing articles of impeachment on day two. Uh, uh, comical. They'll go nowhere. It's a distraction. We shouldn't be caught. Well, she's uh, a QAnon. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how people like that that there aren't ethics checks, you know, and stuff on them. And you shouldn't belong in the Senate if you're a conspiracy theorist. I mean, in the Congress, if you're a conspiracy theorist yeah. or a nut job, you know, yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, it's, it was um, a, funny, a funny thing when I came across that last night. It's, tell me what you think about this, uh, this Senate trial. Should we see this trial play out? Will it be nothing but a distraction? What do you think? Well, I think it'll... You know, anytime you have something like that happening, it's a distraction. But then again, we had Trump, and that was about the biggest distraction I've ever seen in my life. I think that, uh, yes, they should go through with it. 
I don't think he should get his two thousand two hundred thousand dollars a year pension. Oh, interesting. Um, there was another thing I was thinking about. He would get a million dollars a year for travel. And right. can you imagine the United States giving him that amount of money to go around and spread these lies and keep this thing going? Mm. That is something that is a real concern, I think. I don't know what you think about that. No, I, uh, I had also- for. I, I, earlier this morning, speaking with Dave and Debbie, we, we talked briefly about those those extra perks. There is the uh, the congressional, or I'm sorry, the presidential pension. There is also what you mentioned very uh, correctly, the million dollars in travel budget money, and then there is also the question of uh, a lifetime Secret Service protection. Uh, and you know, debating any one of those three uh, perks of having been a former president uh, is you know, certainly worth discussing. Uh, a few minutes left. Uh, let's go to Daniel now from uh, West Georgia. My- D- Daniel, what do, you, what do you say about all this? Shows on my phone. Daniel, you there? Not this late. All right. I, I think uh, I think we lost Daniel there. Let's move on to D calling from Camus. D, uh, should they go forward with the trial? Do you think it'll be helpful? It would be very helpful just to see if they will treat it as a real criminal trial and provide evidence on both sides instead of a a sham way they've done it in the past. Mm. In 85 years, I cannot see why all of a sudden we're uh, changing the the rules of uh, the lawsuit or commitment to not follow your – if he's not doing his job, and he has actually said those things, but every soundbite I've heard, he's innocent. Mm. He just wanted people to stand behind him, not to have violence. I, I think if, that's the only way it should go on if they're going to do it like a real trial. I see. Uh, well, D, listen, thank you for the call. You, you bring up an interesting point there, and it is the, the real trial nature of the Senate's responsibility. The As we learned uh, earlier last year, there is is a, there is opportunity for the president to defend himself. There is opportunity for attorneys on his behalf to present evidence and to question witnesses. And it plays out, uh, you know, similar to the way you and I understand uh, trials going from, you know, watching movies and TV our whole life. But my question is this, then. Who makes up the president's team? It was a very different environment when he was defending himself early last year. He has since, the president that is, come out very strongly against some of the very attorneys that were defending him last go-around. Should the Senate proceed in the similar fashion as it did earlier last year, who stands uh, in the president's defense? Is it Rudy Giuliani? Does the president defend himself? Does he have access to legal minds qualified and capable enough to to offer a proper defense? I, I, I don't know. In fact, it's part of the reason I was so struck by some of the observations I made watching that video. It seems that that those who have been, you know, behind the scenes supporting him, behind the scenes defending him, uh, are no longer on the job. And I wonder who remains on the job long enough to uh, defend him in this Senate trial. And in the absence of anyone willing and able to fill that capacity, does he defend himself? Could we see Could we see Donald Trump on the floor of the United States Senate defending himself? 
against the article of impeachment passed by the House just yesterday? I don't know. Uh, five seven five zero zero is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. My apologies to those waiting on hold. We didn't quite get to. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we return, we're going to look at some of the investigations uh, carrying out into the events of last Wednesday on the United States Capitol grounds. Uh, in particular, this question of tours, tours that were given by staffers and members of Congress themselves in the days leading up to uh, the siege on the Capitol. Is there something to read into that? The word reconnaissance is being thrown around. Is that appropriate? We'll discuss this next with Andy Field, ABC News correspondent, the head on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.